This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Um, we are on the final episode of the season, thank God. Um, we thought we'd let the dust settle a little bit before recording, maybe hoping for a bit of news, a few ins and outs, maybe some something, some movement upstairs. Um, so thank you for tuning in um, and we're going to try and review this absolutely crazy I mean we always say it's a roller coaster season but I'm not sure anyone envisaged that it would be this much of a roller coaster as in top to bottom literally um in six months um but we're going to attempt to do that um quickly quick um congratulations to Chris who's on the pod who, who's supposed to be on today but he's just uh, they've just given birth to a, a daughter Ava so congratulations mate um and we'll uh we'll try and cover off your bits if we can <laughs> um <laughs> Lads, I just before we start, I figured the news had just broke, and I thought it'd probably be a good place to quickly start. Um, Ebrazy announced in the England squad. Um, I, I just quickly, I, I'm not just get everyone's views, but I don't think a Delta app decide we've seen anyone in recent years with as much talent as him. Um, and it's great to see that he's. <laughs> You know, I, I, could, I, I was literally genuinely as happy as I probably would have been had he had been our player and been called up. And I think that says as much about the guy as anything. But um, yeah, congratulations to him. Top player, top talent. And um, he's still our greatest asset three years on. <laughs> <laughs> Any views, boys? No, no, it's, it's deserved. I think... Um... You know, you look at the numbers he's got in the Premier League this season, it's pretty impressive. You know, this is a bloke that was once compared to Ovi Ajari, who's just leaving Reading. Um, so, I think the reason we all love him so much is because he left with so much respect. You know, on, on the pitch, he's great, but off the pitch as well. So, I'm buzzing for him. You know, I'm buzzing for him more than I am for us staying up, to be honest, because, yeah, buzzing for him. Yeah, really good. Duck, yeah, no. yeah, I completely agree. Like, it's just one of those players that, like, we we all love a player at QPR that kind of like gets you on the edge of your seat, and you just don't know what it's going to do. They've got that little bit of magic and do the unpredictable, and he had that in abundance. The way he just glided past players, 
like he was a joy to watch and like like you said we haven't had anyone like like him or before him it was Adele like we seem to occasionally get these mavericks don't we and I just yeah so pleased for him and finally he can get an England shirt <laughs> and get yeah. an Eze on the back now happy days no, I think it's it's great news. I mean, it, it's great from a development point of view, from QPR's perspective as well. It's someone they had a big hand in has gone on to play, you know, hopefully play for England next month. I think when you consider he was really unlucky, he got called up a few years ago, didn't he? And he had uh, an Achilles, ruptures Achilles. Yeah. Just, you know, that that's an awful, awful injury. Done really well to come back. You know, 10 goals in the Premier League, a few assists in there as well. He looks every inch to Premier League player. And I think he could add a, a lot to that England midfield because he's so versatile. He can play in so many positions where needed. And he's got great character, bold reports. So, yeah, really pleased for him. And a bit like Ollie, I think that's the best bit of uh, football news I've read in a while. Yeah. What, what, when I reflected on it earlier, I thought that what Easy was so good at, and obviously he's got lots of talent, but the bet I think the, his best asset or something that not a lot of footballers have is he's got that composure. You know that where no matter what position he's in, wherever he is on the pitch, he always looks like he's under control. Sometimes he'll lose it, you know, but more often than not, he'll come out with the ball or he'll do something with it. And I reflected on 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 a couple of players which, which who had. So I, I reflected on someone like Elias Chair, right, who's got that composure and he's got that talent, but he doesn't have that size. You know what I mean? That size where he can just, he, he can glide. He, he does, you know, it's difficult to say he doesn't do that. He does. But what I'm saying is not to the level of someone like Easy. If he hasn't got that extra yard, he can't just push him off. And I feel like that's where sometimes chair lets, I don't know, when, when people are scouting him or looking at him, you know, that presence that Easy's got, he's like six foot on, he's massive. He just glides past players. But the opposite I thought of was Sinclair, who has that presence, could knock anyone off the ball, right? Uh, it's got talent as well. But just lacks that composure completely, doesn't he? Like you know, at the moment, and I know the different ages, different positions, but and not to say that Sinclair can't do that, but I just think even from that, even from like you know his first season, you could tell he had that, didn't he? Like he's you know he was confident enough. But um, yes, well, fair play to him, and like I said, we'll look forward. To, uh, he's still our greatest asset, right? If we got we got a sell-on clause, but do we have money if we makes a if he yeah. makes an appearance? I read that. Is that right? Apparently, there's an add-on, isn't there? If he makes an appearance for England, don't know how much it is. I'm hearing a couple of million, but that could be like exaggerated. I don't know. Jack, if he do, if we do, if that's the case, or it's anything a million plus, plus the bill money, plus all of the money that we got from the World Cup, Sky deal coming up, is it? Am I am I mad to think that there might be a bit of money for or dread? I, Say Gareth Ains will have to spend, or or is that am I too early? Do you think, or have we spent it? Yeah, I think or... you're mad. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, no, I, don't I can't see us paying transfer fees this summer. Um, I think any of a lot of that money, the, the, like the bill money, things like that, you know, they might have been used to pay off um, Critchley. Yeah. <laughs> Could have just like swings and roundabouts for that one, but yeah, um, I, I, I think if we can get some fees for some players and by some miracle Eze is sold for silly money to like a, you know, a top six sort of club. Um, I'm sure Palace don't want to sell him and rather sign into a new deal, but say he does, then as you, you're completely right there, mate, he's our biggest asset and continue probably continues to be because I don't think there's a player in the current squad that might fetch whatever he might bring in. If he signs a new contract, does that mitigate 
the, no. the previous one? Does it stay in place no matter how many times he signs I, a new I, contract? I believe it stays in place because that's a deal between Palace and Q, QPR. Yeah. 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 In terms of Palace, wouldn't affect the transfer fee. No. Fair enough. Well, anyway, let's move on from him. Um, easy, but yeah, good, good, good positive to start on 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 um, what what is going to be difficult to try and stay positive from last season. But let's give it a go. So, ah, oh, here we go then. So, most home defeats this season, twentieth conceded seventy one goals. That's the most in twenty odd years. More away wins than home wins. One home win in since October. Four goals at the loft. Was it four or five goals at the loft end? Which is just a mad stat. For me. I think two of them were pens as well. Where top at top at top in October, and if you take away Reddins, obviously you know they've got given their point deduction. But had they not, we would have survived by one point. Where Doug, what 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 went so wrong? Um, well. Obviously, the, the like main catalyst for where it went wrong was Mick Beal getting his head turned. Um, obviously, there's a bit of hindsight from people have said that we should never have got rid of Warburton from last year. But the man who came in to replace Warburton actually got us to the top of the league. And I know when he, before he left, the results hadn't been brilliant in the last few before he went to Rangers. But he'd got us up in that playoff spot. The team was playing. We were playing really good football, nice attacking football. Players were on form and then the Wolves link and then the Rangers link and our like, season crumbled from then. Like even Sam Field touched on it when we spoke to him the other week that the players had a bit of a hangover from Bill leaving and that happening at the same time as the World Cup break. I think it was that just kind of literally killed our season. But what I look at other clubs that have had similar, like Luton, for example, what? Where the manager changes mid-season and they just carry on. Why did that happen to us? Why, considering the position we're in, is what I'm saying. It's easy to, you know, there's a lot that where they change manager, but they did that because yeah, poor, right. Whereas I reckon, without completely throwing the team under the bus, I think it's got to be down to the mentality of the players. I feel maybe a team like Luton, the players you think they've got compared to ours, are probably a harder working team, a bit more industrious. Are they their players a bit more used to the idea of a manager's going to come and go? We'll just get on and do what the new gaffer says. Did ours just kind of go? Well, we're in the play in and around the playoffs. Critchley's got a good reputation. We should be fine, and it, that that didn't happen because we have to say like some of our players' form from like December onwards was absolutely appalling. People like Willock, Chair, our star players didn't turn up week after week. Then the stats back that up. So that's the problem. Ollie, how much do you put it on Bill or is there someone else? Recruitment always sits not well with me. Yeah. In the summer. I think I think obviously the, the starting point was Bill leaving. Um, you know, Bill well, he's a manager now, but he was always a coach. And when you're bringing a coach in that has a specific style of play and he wants to play a certain way. And then replacing him with Neil Critchley, who, by by just by reading what Blackpool fans have said, likes his long ball stuff, a lot more direct. It's it's a big culture shock. I think the problem that we had is we rushed into a replacement, looking at the budget option. Um, you know, Neil Critchley, he he did well at Blackpool. But we have to remember, 
that poor bottom six side. Um, and I, I'm not going to sit here and blame Bill consistently. I think that ship has sailed. I think mentality-wise, you just need to look at the players to see if they lost their appetite to play well. They just could look completely uninterested. That's not all of them. Um, I think the real the real down point for me was managerial recruitment. I don't think if we had signed, for example, if we'd done a bar and signed Cameron Archer in January, I don't think it would have made a difference. Mm. I, I think that the problem that we had is, and you know, you say players and we have to remember we've had however many managers in the space of a few years now. It's a lot to kind of, you have your identity. And I think Bill gave these players an identity. They knew what their jobs were. They knew what he wanted. You know, since since he left, you've got players playing different positions. Injuries are forcing other players. You know, is it right back for, who was right back? Jimmy Dunn at a couple of times. It's, it's just don't, it don't work. We've gone from having a manager that gives a squad an identity from a coach's perspective to bringing in, not the right managers. I think it's down to managerial recruitment, to be honest. I I have some sympathy with Ainsworth. I think the damage is done. The issues were there before he came. I think he, you know, he was trying to steer a ship that was on course for an iceberg, trying to, you know, um, so I, I kind of had some sympathy. I completely agree that there was some, we were talking before this about Ainsworth. There's some massive red flags there. And, um, to suggest that we hope we don't see it next year. But Jack, what have you got any different views or are you very much feel is the, the catalyst for this season's demise or? Yeah, I think the, there's so many mitigating factors that go into this season's like collapse. I think that Duncan, Ollie, like hit the nail on the head. I think if you, if you start with Bill, he clearly recruited players and built the squad up in his own image and puffed them up to feel 10 feet tall, making them feel like this is the season we're going to have a go, you know, and that was reflected in the style of football for a large part up until the end of October. And I think him going, it was like it let all the air out of the club. You know, the board, the people that recruited him from the top, I think were found wanting. I agree. I think we went for the, the budget option. And I, I think there's some logic by going back to someone who they were looking at before Bill or in that period as well in Critchley. Critchley was someone apparently they were looking at. So, you know, they had done the, the, the research. But from a personality point of view, I think it takes a certain personality to manage QPR. And I think the players were responding to that type of personality and clearly weren't responding to Critchley. They called him out after a few games, especially Fleetwood. And, you know, the right was on the wall for him, I think. Confidence affected a lot of players. Injuries affected a lot of players. A lot of players on loan, people who have probably been sold the dream of come to QPR as a stepping stone, get your move like Eze, haven't got their moves and now are in self-preservation mode where their contract's running down, i.e. a Willock, people like that. I think you've got it's a vicious cycle of all these different things. I mean, you, you touched on a few of those stats. I mean, there's some absolute horror lines, you know. Most home defeats in our league history most three you know three goal margin defeats at home in our league history in a season we won more points away from home than at home for only the second time in our league history first time since 1928 you know our 50 points we got this season's our lowest in a championship season since 2006 you know we didn't have a red card in a season for the first time since 1992-93 that's can be seen a positive or a negative depends on mm. how you value that but uh 
And then the 44 goals we scored, the lowest in a championship season since 2009, 42. So, and then that's not to mention that run of two wins in 28. That was our worst such streak since December 97 to August 98 under Ray Harford. We almost went down in that period as well. Um, so it it's been a horrific season from you know for so many factors and it's hard to take any positives from it i think the ainsworth has done what was probably asked of him in terms of keep us up but i agree with you i think there are some pretty big red flags from those that that chunk of games he had at the end of the season yes we we avoided defeat in four of the last six showing a bit of fight that's only because he reverted back to the Wickham handbook in terms of everyone behind the ball, sit deep and defend your goal with your lives. So, and we can't we can't go the whole season playing like that, I wouldn't have thought. And I doubt Ainsworth wants to with the sort of calibre of players he might have at QPR versus Wickham. So, you know, if you, you question you asked me earlier about money to spend, I don't think so. But I think Ainsworth might be someone could be quite canny in the free transfer market from the lower leagues but then are we not repeating the, the mistakes of manager gets what manager wants i exactly what i was going to say in those like players, how... and we're just doing it at a lower level of lower quality players maybe i don't know so yeah there, there is a lot that's gone into this season there's a lot to digest and i think you know i'm i'm a bit concerned about ainsworth as well like you mate yeah Injuries were as a massive issue as it has been for the last three, three odd year, three years, four years. Um, for the life of me, I don't understand how or wow how some of these players are out for so long. I saw Salter was missed. What was it? Was it how many games was it? We saw Dunk. Was it 30, 30 games? Was it he missed? This, he missed through injury. Um, oh, yeah. Two sets. I mean, that's that's time. purely. That's purely muscle injuries throughout the season. That's not one. None of, do you know what I mean? It's not one big injury, a broken leg. Bro- you know, it's just crazy. How how do we, I appreciate that that we are in this market where free transfers equals, you know, injury. You know, an injury history. But this season's just took. It's just taken the mickey out of that, hasn't it? Really, I mean, it's ridiculous. Some of the injuries that we've had, Tyler. I mean. What the hell? <laughs> um, yeah, what, so we had, what do we do about what? What's it? Let's just say, was it Clark Salter missed thirty games? He was uh, he missed the most out of the squad, and then we had Roberts missed twenty seven. He missed thirty games. Uh, Roberts missed twenty seven. Richards missed twenty five. Balligan missed twenty four, and finished off the top five. Amos missed twenty one. Like that's half a season that five of our players have missed, two of which. You would say we're well, start our best starting centre backs on paper, like which is why just... someone like a Barbe, who it just becomes invaluable when you compare some of them. Like there's no good. Salt was a better player than Barbe, and probably maybe arguably a better defender. But you know, when you've got someone who's available for every game in the season, you've got someone who's available for fifteen percent. It's just just give him what he wanted. It's not to be sniffed at, is it? Availability, no. and that has to be. That has to be a focus in the recruitment. And like you, I have massive concerns and I have done for a few years now about the recruitment, but there has to be a value in, you know, the player's character and, and availability. Surely, you know, there's got to be more due diligence done there because Clark Salter is the best defender at the club. Yeah. On many, many, you know, factors. 
but he played 16 games out of 48, whatever it was. You know, that is shocking. It's incredible, isn't it? Do you think part of the problem with it is, is that the last few managers we've, we've had have all kind of had the mentality of getting the ball down, playing it out from the back. And that takes something of like a silky defender who's good on the ball and therefore doesn't necessarily have that robustness of, say, a Jimmy Dunn, whose passing isn't best, but he's physical, he's physical, he's got physicality, he doesn't necessarily get injured every time he goes in for a tackle or runs. Do you think that's part of the problem? The players we're getting in are like these silky, skillful, technical players rather than robust athletes. Who don't want to be running back to goal, right? Who they don't no. want to be continually running back. Um, yeah, I think there's probably something in that. But I just think that, well, I, I think that a lot of players shied out towards the end. I don't, I don't not believe that. I think it'd be easier for some players not to play if they had a little niggle than it than, than to play. But I bet you if we were top of the league or still flying for playoffs, we wouldn't have got half the yeah. injury list that we would have got, <laughs> which is always the, which is always the case, right? But it just felt feels like it was excessive. Ollie, what, what do you think, mate? Think, I, I don't think it's necessarily down to anything. I think it's more down to the fact that six or seven players in that squad were signed on cheap or on free because they were injury prone. Um, you know, you look at the likes of Clark Salter and Roberts and Amos and players like that. You know that they're quality and and, you, and they've got quality. But they join us and they get injured and they spend you know, 50, 60% of their time on the sidelines. And, you know, I don't think it's easy to, you know, one week, you know, you're, you're playing under Bill as like a play out of the back kind of style. And the next you're playing under Gareth Ainsworth, who wants you to punt it 40 yards up the pitch rather than try and get your way out of it. I think, and I also don't think the training, you know, training ground probably helped with that either. There's been a lot of complaints about that. And I imagine that's something to do with it. Next season for us, if, if it is similar and players keep getting injured, there's got to be something going on. I mean, but again, you can't you can't complain about injuries if you're signing players that for the previous clubs have been playing half the season. You know, Clark Salt, we thought, oh, great. You know, Coventry fans were, oh, have they got him? Oh, yeah, because he's injury prone for 60% of the season. That's why. We're, we're cheap. We're, we're a budget club that signed players at the off chance, similar to Sam Field, who was consistently out of knee injuries before, I think it's knee injuries, comes in and he's had an injury and he's sorted it out. We're, we're taking the risk and it's not paying off because one player of about seven that have been injury prone are consistently playing. We called this at the start of the season, yeah. one of our first pods, we said we've signed too many too many risky signings. So, uh, like you said, Laird had, had a bit of a history. Balogun's 36. I mean, you know... Got Amos, you've got your Hansen. Field is always a little something away from being out for it. I know he's done great this season, but yeah. historically he's had a bit of injury history. Um, we look, I mean, we, you know, anyway, let's 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 crack on and let's talk. Let's let's give we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through each position, the players, we're gonna give them a mark, we're gonna reflect a little bit on how their season's gone and give them a mark out of 10. Um, we're gonna see how it goes. Jack, you said you asked me earlier, did we give anyone a mark over six? Um <laughs> I'm, we'll have to see, but I'm not too sure. Um we'll start with Dieng. I've got I've I've aired my views on Dieng quite a few times this season and I I um I've not 
I don't think he's had a great season. He's, he's, he's Jack, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw he's made the most errors into goals in the championship this season. Um, he, he hasn't, I, I just look, reflect back from a couple of seasons ago and he feels like he's a million miles away from the season before in relation to form and quality and just his coolness and just everything that was great about him. He seems to have lost. I don't know if it, ever since he's come back from the World Cup, he seems to be worse. I don't know if anyone else disagrees with that, but I don't know if he's come back and he's thought, I've been to a World Cup and I've come back to a relegation fight. This isn't really what I want to be doing, right? And 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 although I'm not saying his attitude is, you know, he wants to win and stuff, but I just feel like that plays on your mind and your, you know, your concentration and your decision-making and stuff like that. Um I look back, I think there's so many errors in there. Like I bet you can all think of three or four errors. It's yeah. like with an instant of this season that he's done. Um, so I really, really don't think he's been great. And I'd be happy to, uh, I'd be happy. Is Archer that m- much worse? Uh, it, it, I don't know. Is, is, could we find someone else out there on, on three or, or, or younger that, that, that would give us less or more? Anyway, I've I've gone with he's he's lucky to get a five because he scored a goal. That was my rationale. Generous. I gave him a five, right? And that's generous, but that's only because he scored a goal, and, and that's worth something, I guess. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But that's my reflection on the egg. I don't know if any of you have got anything to add or disagree. Uh, or... I think he has been absolutely atrocious the majority of this season. Uh, honestly, the the start of the this, this season, you know, when he was under Bill, I thought, oh, this this bloke is... He's top level. He, he, he can be, and even last season, you know, DM making some of the best saves you'll see for QPR. Since he come home from the World Cup, it's just been abysmal. You know, if, if it's his, it's a bit of everything though. It's, it's, it's his decision making. It's his distribution. It's the fact that we probably conceded about, I'd say, 15 goals that have been shots that he saved and they've gone straight to the field. In front of him. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I don't know if it's about ego, but if he was, you know, half as good at goalkeeping as he is as wearing drip, he might actually do a good job. But he has just been, oh, I'd, I would, he'd be the first gone for me. Sold wise, he'd be the first gone. Out, out, out. Well, I was going to well, say, like, he looks a million dollars on his Instagram, yeah, yeah. his holidays and stuff. But you're right. I think the, he's, it's been a, like a lot of players, a massive drop off. And I don't think an ever changing back four, back five has helped him. But from his own, he's got to sort his own house out a little bit. I'm not protecting him there. I think he's got to, yeah, he had to shape up a bit 
because towards the end of the season, he had a couple of good performances, made some good saves, but you still don't have that confidence in him that maybe did prior or previous season. I think becoming the first keeper to score in QPR's history is worth a fair bit. So it's a generous, that five. I think he's lucky to get that, but, you know, mm. that goal does juice the numbers, I think. You'd tell him, Jack, if an offer came in? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's this summer, it's so anyone that comes in with you know, a half-decent bid because I don't think the squad should be, you know, I think he's ripping up big time. Duck, you're going to crack on with the with the full-backs? Full-backs, yes. I'll, I'll start with um, Ethan Laird. Um, what can I say? Like 32 games, goal and two assists from right back. It's not horrendous. Thought he did okay. I was full of like optimism when he came in. I thought like I came with a good reputation. I thought when he was at Swansea, he was a good player. And I thought he didn't get a chance at Bournemouth when he was there on loan. So I had high hopes for him. And there's a few bits of this, like, like the stats wise that will all kind of make sense at the end. But again, he was one of the ones where his goals and assists, they all came by the 4th of October. So from the 4th of October, after that, no assists, no goal contributions whatsoever. And I think that's quite telling. That's around the time the Beal rumours started happening. And I think that you'll find statistically-wise of a lot of the players that that comes up a lot. And I feel like he's just one of those where at the start of the season, I thought we've got one of the best right-backs in the league. And at the end of the season, I'm quite happy that he's gone. And he was only on loan and we hadn't spent any money on him. So... Uh, yeah, he had promised but failed to deliver on it for me. And I ended up giving him, a, I gave him a six out of ten. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Outrageous. So, uh, yeah. We'll see if anyone's got anything, anyone wants to add anything to that. His uh, gestures to the crowd to like G him up really annoyed me. You know, we kept like trying to get the crowd pumping after like a shot that might have been deflected over for a corner or something, or like a wayward shot. It's like, come on, like it's not time and place for it. But I, I was one of those that got a bit swept up in his early season form. I, I'm ashamed to admit, I was like, oh my god, there's like flashes of Carl Walker, you know, impact potentially here with him. That's and... the Watford game, wasn't it? The Watford game was the one where I thought, hang on, we got a player here. Yeah, like, but, yeah. Oh, the thought. You know, you can see why the Man United, but you can also see why Man United keep loaning them out and haven't signed mm-hmm. a long-term deal because injury, they injury prone, and seems to do well in the first half of the season and fall off in the second half. So you fit in really well with QPR. I must admit, <laughs> that, that's very on brand. <laughs> no, yeah, good player, but just really quite, I feel a bit disappointed in his overall season. So yeah, I, I get your score done on that one. Yeah. I'll move on to Kenneth Powell. I get was for me a bit of a free, obviously a free signing. Didn't know anything about him. Not going to pretend I did when he first joined the club. But I like what I see with Kenneth Powell. And as much as he again had a brilliant start to the season and tailed off towards the back end, he kind of was one of the ones who always put a shift in. Like he never kind of shied away from anything. Was always putting himself in into tackles trying to make the forward runs when he could. And again, playing 40 games in his first season in the Championship, good going, didn't miss many. Goal, three assists, so contributed more goals than Laird. And yeah, 
it's, I think he was out of the out of the fullbacks that I'm covering. For me, I gave him seven out of ten because I think he is the one like out of the fullbacks who was our best player. And like like I said, up until Christmas time, he was fantastic. Again, like like with everyone, they all dropped off after that kind of time. But I think for me, yeah, he was brilliant for us. He'll be better next season. season. Yeah. I think he'll be better next season. I think yeah. he's one of the. You know, it's nice we don't really. Well, be nice to get another left back in, but it's not priority in any way. I don't no. think because I think he, he. I'm happy. I think we'd all be happy with him starting there next season. Yeah, hundred percent. Good in the air as well. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Field said, didn't he, that, that they target him at the start of the season. They all target him, but. Yeah, he's got a leap on him, hasn't he? Yeah, I say, yeah, really pleased with Powell. Um, moving on to Aussie. Right, where do we start with Aussie? He's just, right, he played, so he's played 21 games, and that was um, 11 starts and came on as a sub 10 times. Got an assist for Dykes, and that's about all he did. But he came on in that game for Laird, and I thought it was probably his best game he'd ever played for us. He was brilliant in that game against Redden at home. Um, but again, he's a squad player at absolute best. I don't feel... I, if we go into the season starting with him as right back next season, I think we're in big trouble again. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the fact that he's been in the club since he was, what, seven years old. But he just isn't progressing enough for me to warrant realistically being anything more than a squad player. Um, I ended up giving him just a five out of 10, just because he put a shift in when he needed to, but there was nothing spectacular. He you guess we were murdered, doesn't he? I think. <laughs> I think if he was anybody else, hasn't come through our <laughs> youth, he'd be, he'd have gone years well, ago. I, said that, I gave him Absolutely. an extra mark because he came through the academy, like you gave Dieng well, exactly. There you go. The goal. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, I, mean? I like him. Do you? I know. Why, and, why and, Ollie? Me, why? I think. You know, and and I I used to think he was dreadful, but I remember when he came come back when it was just after lockdown, um, and he and he actually looked really good, um, you know now, um, he, you know he's not a starting quality right back. I actually quite liked him when he was in the five at centre back, to be fair. But um, I think he's got, I think he's got ability. I, I genuinely think he has. I don't think he's quality to start. But I think when he's on the pitch, he, he's got the right attitude, which is something that we've lacked this season. Um, and I don't think he's as bad as people are making out. Genuinely, I think he's all right. I think he's a good player, a squad player to have on the bench. You know, if you've got a right back coming on, you know, if, if, if you look at back at years ago, and we had, we had the right back, it's probably our only right back, and it was an academy player. So, you know, for, for, for him to be there, I think he is an average championship bench right back I will be happy with him to stay anyway yeah that's coming from me as well so you know I ain't joking either because I'm normally I just think he just he just he he, I just sometimes like hot potato when he's got the ball God knows what he's going to do I don't think he knows he's just like left he's just controlling it running with it but doesn't really know what he's doing where he's going and he might end up somewhere He's like a championship but, version of Aaron Wan-Bissaka, though, because that's what he, that's what he reminds yeah. me of. No, uh, in the sense that when he when he's got the ball, you don't know what he's going to do with it. He doesn't know what he's going to do with it, and like he, he does can like, even deliver like a weird little step over or like a weird little like chop back. And this is the biggest issue with QPR. This is the biggest issue with QPR. So Ainsworth needs to fix is that we've got too many. We haven't got enough 
seven out of ten players every week that are going to deliver you seven out of ten. We don't have enough of Luton. Have, that, that's what Luton have, just a team of seven out of tens. Yeah. And every now and again, two or three players will... I remember when we had... Um, we. we we, we what we said a few weeks ago. We need every we need five, six, seven players to be a play out of their skin for us to get a result towards the end of the season, right? Um, but someone like kick out. I just think he'll either deliver he'll deliver a three or four, he'll then deliver an eight, and then he'll deliver like three, four, three, and then an eight. Like we need, do you know what I mean? Like it just needs someone who's going to consistently del- deliver. Set solid, a bit like Kenneth Powell could do it. I think he's one of not many field that will just deliver you a seven out of ten every week. If they're yeah. not playing well, they'll still be good. But anyway, I've, I've taken over your fullbacks. So. Uh, that's all right. Um, obviously, I've got to go next to um, Aaron Drew. Obviously, he made seven appearances, five starts, two substitute appearances. Um, I mean, apart from Ben will hate this, having a bit of a long throw, <laughs> I don't really see what else he brought to the team. He obviously filled in when we needed to. He wasn't horrendous, but teams definitely tried to exploit him on his side of the pitch. I remember the uh, Blackpool game, the Burnley game when he came off for Laird. Like, he's just, I don't think he's good enough at this level. Uh, he needs a like a League Two or a League One loan next season. Whoever he can get, that will take him. Maybe he might progress, but he's not even that young. He's what, 23, 24? Yeah, so I don't see any massive potential with him. I'd rather have Aussie in than I would Drew. Personally, I gave him a four out of ten just because he didn't really do anything or nothing. If anyone's got anything to add on Aaron Drew, no, I mean I've, I've obviously I've had the interview with him and I quite like the, the bloke. He, you know, he, he pressed when he's at Oxford, I think it's Oxford or something like that. He, City. He, Oxford City, yeah, he, he was really good there. And you know, when he started against the Common Brew, he was someone was injured. He started his first game. I thought he's quite good, and I think you know, for someone like that that's come straight from non-league straight up to the start of eleven, I thought, you know what, he he's got a bit about him. He's quick, um, you know. I know he's not eighteen, nineteen. So There's not a huge amount of time to progress, but I think again, you know, there's plenty of players that have come through randomly when they're twenty three, twenty four, and have ended up being really good. So I think he's someone that needs a loan to another another, another league club and, and see what happens. You know, hold on to him. Yeah. yeah, I think he's uh, he's playing definitely a couple of divisions above his current level, and I think he's done well to do what he did. I think I think he's he, he equipped himself fairly well. He 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 was quite aggressive against Watford. When he I, I was quite you know decent showing from him. Do think the long throw is a bit of a farce. It might be because there's not much of a run up at Loftus Road, but it didn't really <laughs> that far, did it? But um, no, he's all right. But then I think Kakai is twenty six. In August, Drew's 22. You know, I think only one of them can be like your backup. But I think you're right. You loan out Drew and if budget p- permits, I think you have to keep Kakai as a squad player if he's happy with that role. But at 26, it's probably as high as he's going to get championship QPR. No. Um, it's a tough time for him to come in as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. For anyone yeah. to make their debut. I was going to do um, Nico Hamalainen, but... <laughs> I would give him quite happily give him a zero out of ten. I'd quite happily see his contract ripped up and him forcefully removed from the club. That's just me personally. If you have anything you want to add, honestly, that's up I'm to telling you, you guys. But I don't want to see him in a PR shirt again. Gareth <laughs> Ainsworth. Seven years left to run on his contract, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. 
Gareth Ainsworth is going to be saying, I guarantee it. I want to take a look at him. Let's see. Honestly, I don't even want to talk about it. Jack, mate, what have you got? Centre-backs? Yeah, so um, I'll start with Jimmy Dunn. Um, 42 appearances, two goals. And, uh, you know, he won 11 of those 42 games, drew 11 and then lost 20. So I I like Jimmy Dunn. He's a, I gave him five out of 10 because... Although his season was littered with you know, some errors and pretty schoolboy stuff, his availability was about his biggest plus mark for me in terms of he didn't hide. He's one of the few vocal people on the pitch. The, the shouting at the ref at everything is a bit daft, personally. Doesn't any I feel like mate, are you losing focus? Is that why you're making mistakes? Are you too focused on things going, you know, against you? I don't know. You know, you're just looking as you do as a spectator, but I like him, but he's probably the centre-back that suits an Ainsworth team the most in terms of, you know, he's not been asked to pass it out too much. He's good in the air. He's physical. You know, he's aggressive. But, yeah, a lot of schoolboy mistakes. Doesn't seem to play too well alongside Dickey. I think his best sort of form was playing alongside Balogun. They got like a run of two or three clean sheets starting together. Um, but, yeah, not not a season to remember for Jimmy Dunn. And again, he's not, you know, we think of these players as quite young, but I believe he's 26, 25, something like that. So, yeah, he's, I gave him five out of 10, um, mostly for availability and, you know, not hiding. I think he might do well under Ainsworth, though. I think he's kind of, I think his strength is being a bit of a, bit of a, just a classic old school defender, booing out, heading out. I think, that's where I'm intrigued to see him this season. You know, Ainsworth might be gone by October, but um, I think he might do well under Ainsworth, so I'm keen to see that, at least. What did you score, Jack? Five. Five. I disagree. You disagree? I can't disagree, no. I'm not sure he's a top... You know, I guess it depends where QPR are now, aren't we? I don't think he's a top end championship defender, centre back, if I'm honest. But I don't, we're not there, are we? I what are we? Yeah. As Ainsworth says, do we need to readjust our expectation? <laughs> which is another topic. Um, yeah. Um, I gave Rob Dickey four out of ten, and again, generous, a little bit generous, and I'm <laughs> I'm marking him up because. You know, he was really good at Burnley and I, I think he, he could make quite a good goalkeeper. So, uh, good. But generally, like, the decline of Rob Dickey's probably been up there with Chris Woolock as in the most stark over the last two to three seasons or six, two and a half seasons. And he, alongside maybe Woolock, was were two of the players I thought would really command a good chunky 10 plus million fee if the right, you know, you there was talk of West Ham and... He was scoring goals from outside the box, you know, bringing the ball out from, from out the back, dribbling past people. You think, bloody hell, what a player. Done none of that. He's playing like he's got a head injury in a lot of games. You know, he genuinely doesn't seem like he's there. He's making mistakes. He's booting the ball out. He's slicing the ball. There's been signs of him returning to form, but then, you know, the team was so fragile. It took one player to capitulate and they all did. So... Yeah, he made 40 appearances, he didn't score, didn't get an assist, which, you know, you think some of Dickie's ability, we've seen it in the past, is quite disappointing. He's quite good in the air, he's got a good shot on him. 
you know, yeah, I think he could have done a lot better this season. And for a player who was such had like you know high stock and was fairly hot property in the championship, I'd I'd struggle to think how much we'd get for him compared to what we paid for him at this point. Another one that needed taking out the team, but because of injuries, we weren't able to. So, you know, 40 appearances is a result of that. So, yeah, four out of 10 for Dickie. His decline has just been something special, hasn't it? You know, um, but there's, there's, a, there's a little part of me, and some people won't agree, and my uncle definitely won't agree, but there's something in me that says if we can get him back on track, and I don't know what that looks like, and I don't know how we do that, but there's a half, there's a decent championship defender in there. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't know whether he's gone so far that we can't get him back, but there's, there's something in there for me. We were there, Ben, at the moment his QPR career peaked and then went downhill. Yeah, you always that say that, don't you? At Bournemouth, a couple, a couple of years ago. And he literally made the mistake for their first goal. We were on that, we were, I think we were top three then, like us and Bournemouth, whoever won that went top of the table at that time. And he made the mistake, slipped, and he's never looked the same player since then. Do you think he'll be here next season? No. I think, I think if the club get an offer for him, Ainsworth will be happy to let him go. I don't think he suits Ainsworth's style at all. Despite what we've all said about the decline, I still think he's someone that would fetch a few mil. Yeah. I reckon a few not, mil. Not, not, that. That. No, not talking about five, six million. I'm talking like sub that for sure. You know, the mar- championship market's still not very good. And he's... Not got, you know. I can imagine him going to somewhere like a Swansea, a couple yeah, of mil yeah. to Swansea, and he would be literally championship team of the year. You yeah. just know that's what's going to happen. He'll go to a team like that where they play the ball around, and it'll get back into that rhythm. And he'll, you know, that's what happens to us all the time. Players like leave us and they just step up again. We cannot have all three of them. We cannot surely. We can, I know we're going to bring it. We'll bring in someone else, but you can't. Have these three and another defender. I just, do you know what I mean? We just, we just need more. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know who stays and who goes. But there's arguments for them all, isn't there? Really, but yeah. Anyway, Jack, sorry, mate. Yeah, so Dicky, four out of ten. I'm gonna go Jake Clark Salter, four out of ten. Part of me thinks that's a bit harsh based on his actual performances. Um, he's pound for pound, I think, the best, most composed ball player and defender in the team but he doesn't seem to realise when he starts the football games go longer than an hour and it's kind of annoying to see him just sit in the centre circle wave his hands and be like I'm done and then you don't see him for two months played 16 games you know you miss 30 plus games in a season from the start of the season I've marked him down to a four because utterly disappointed that he wasn't available but what like we touched on before the warning signs were there we didn't listen to them we hoped because he's now at QPR, he could probably sort himself out and play 30, 40 games, which he's never done. So, yeah, four out of 10 for Clark Sorter. I think if we can keep him fit, which obviously is a big, big year, then we've got, we've got a really good player. And there's not many left-sided centre-backs in the championship of that quality. Bill was right in what he said. He's one of the best of that type of position in the league. We just didn't get to see him enough, and that's why I've given him four. Yeah, agree, mate. Yeah. I agree. Well, I, can't, I can't say anything different. I think he's his injuries are just a nightmare, aren't they? I'll move on to Balogun then. <laughs> yeah. Giving him the lowest mark, giving him three out of ten. Again, he had he showed 
well, he came in and he was quickly the starting centre back pairing under Mick Bill. You'd say our best pairing at points was Clark Salter and Balogun um, together. It was quite good balance, left and right side of centre backs, bit of pace still at his age, good, good experience, but another player that doesn't start a lot of league games each season in his career. And the the rumour mill was going off on it when he suddenly has a mysterious injury when Bill leaves and doesn't return for four or five months. When he does come back, gives away a penalty and ends up having an altercation with the fans at the end of the game. They've tried to clear that up and release a few little PR statements and have the sit down that they did at the ground where they sort of sold out the medical team a little bit there. Where they, you know, he had to go away and get treatment elsewhere or get it looked at. I think if I remember that rightly, I'm not sure. But absolute waste of a signing. Took up wages, blocked the pathway for Dickie and Dunn. And, you know, if we're supposed to be a development club, it should have been one of them partnering Clark Salter. But as it happens, Clark Salter couldn't play and we had Dickie and Dunn. One of them had to play on the left. Doesn't suit them. They don't suit each other. So, yeah, three out of 10, 16 games. Um, not good enough, really, as well. From Balogun. Yep. Another nail on the head, mate. But, yeah, I, I don't ever want to see him again. Yeah, my worry is and uh, is that he's training at the football club, right? That was the, the yeah. end paragraph. I'm worried that we're going to get to August and he's going to prove his fitness and then we're going to re-sign him. I don't know how likely that is, but I, I always worry. You know when someone trains with a club? It's difficult because actually at the start of the season under Beal, he was one of our best centre-backs. Like There was potential. You saw leadership. You saw qualities there. But how he's conducted himself after Bill left, I, I get he could well have been injured for that whole time. We don't know. The club haven't fully released all the information. Something to me, my opinion only, is that there was something he just didn't want to play because Bill left. That's my opinion. But like that, I can completely understand why you've marked him with that. So had promise, but yeah, another one that just he's gone. Okay, well, look, that's the end of part one. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll, part two will be released later on in the week where we're going we're gonna to go through midfielders, attackers, we're going to give our best and worst moments to the season and probably, really importantly, what changes we'd like to see in the summer. So give us a listen and, yeah, thanks for listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.